Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinsey Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving if you're listening here in the States. Even if you weren't able to see family and friends like you'd hoped, I hope you still found some things to be grateful for. And if not, if things felt too bleak or too stressful, then I'm glad you tuned in because we are going to spend the next three weeks talking about how to manage stress. And not only manage stress, but how to return to the rhythms of connection with God through small moments during your day as well. This series comes from a talk I did earlier this year on managing stress and anxiety, and as we approach the end of this wild and crazy year, I found myself returning to these principles, and so I thought it might be helpful to you as well. One of the best courses I ever took in my undergrad was a class called Stress Management. I know it sounds simple enough, but I gained so many helpful techniques that semester, and I find myself returning to those skills time and time again, not only in my own life, but then in teaching them to my clients too. And what I learned at that time that I hadn't thought about or known before was, number one, I have a type A personality, so without intentionality, I tend to be more affected by stress than, say, type B personalities. And number two, I learned that while stress itself may be unavoidable, suffering from stress is optional. And for someone like me who tends to carry a lot at one time, realizing that I had a choice in how I manage stress and that that would positively impact my health and well-being long term, that was extremely encouraging to me and empowering to me. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it really did change the way I approached the next decade of my life. And so I'm hoping that something here this month will resonate with you in a new way and that a habit or two might stick for you long term as a result of this series. Because as we've just established, stress itself is unavoidable, but suffering from stress is optional. So before we get into stress management techniques, I think it's important that we're all on the same page about what stress is exactly. Stress is a feeling of emotional or physical tension that results from external events that cause us to have to adjust in some way. Stress often shows up the most in times of challenge, uncertainty, and transition, because in those moments, our emotional equilibrium and mental capacities are taxed in ways that they weren't previously. Take 2020, for example. It's been confusing for some people who've been doing less physically this year to understand why they're so tired emotionally. But if they were to take a stress inventory, they would understand that they're tired because so much around them has changed and demanded that they adjust whether they've been conscious of that or not. And speaking of stress inventories, I've linked a couple in the show notes for you to take if you want, with the goal being that you'd begin to give yourself some grace here at the end of 2020 as you realize everything that you've been carrying. Stress is a physiological and emotional reaction to life's demands, resulting in increased cortisol levels, feelings of frustration, anger, nervousness. And what's strange about stress is that it's sometimes productive, like when it helps us meet a deadline or avoid a real-life threat. But we don't often experience stress in those situations as positive until after the fact. It's also strange because while you'd expect stress to come with external events that aren't brought on by you— and that are perceived as negative, we don't often consider the stress that comes with events that are planned for and brought on by us, that are perceived as positive, like engagement, marriage, a baby, a wedding, 
So even though we make those choices and experience the events themselves as positive, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're any less stressful. So pause to consider, how many shifts or adjustments have you had to make this year to your work in some way, to your home life, to your work-life balance, to the amount of time spent at home or with your kids or with friends? How many big events or milestones have you and your family had this year? How many births? How many deaths? And as quickly as you pause to consider that, I'll also want you to just as quickly give yourself a break. I hope as you reflect that you can see your resilience to have undergone so many ebbs and flows and transitions this year and to still be here, listening to this podcast proactively and intentionally. So acknowledge that and then give yourself a literal or metaphorical pat on the back. But in all seriousness, in light of however overwhelmed or stressed you're feeling as you listen today, remember, stress itself is unavoidable, but suffering from stress is optional. So over the next three weeks, I want to give you several strategies from my college stress management course so that you have the option of dealing with stress differently than maybe you ever have before. Through these tools and techniques, I hope to help you be kinder, more forgiving, more gracious with yourself in light of the prolonged stress that you've encountered this year, that we've all encountered. And today, I'm going to give you four tools to do that to help you throughout your day and week. The first tool is the sacred pause. Taking a sacred pause simply means pausing for a moment to pray, to give thanks to God, or admire something he's created in order to step outside of your internal world for a moment and get out of your own head. For me, it's looking up from my computer and thanking God for the view outside my window, or admiring the beauty of the orchid that sits on my desk. It's not a major thing, it's just a sacred, simple pause where you take a break from looking at your computer, from scrolling social media, and lifting up a prayer for your day, or for your kids, or pausing to be grateful. Just taking that quick moment to get out of your head and to look at what's right in front of you as you expand your perspective. And remember, as Psalm 24, 1 says, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all who dwell within it. So pausing to be grateful for the world that God's created and those that you love that he's created as well. The second tool is the daily rhythm. The daily rhythm is something you build into your day, into your calendar if needed. That's something you look forward to that helps relax and calm you down or create energy that's different from whatever else you have going on that day. Currently, I have a morning daily rhythm where I'll make my coffee, turn on my light therapy device, which helps with seasonal affective disorder, and then I do one of three things depending on the morning. So I'll either read a devotion on an app I enjoy, do a scriptural reflection or meditation using the Abide app, or I'll just sit and pray and journal depending on where my headspace is that morning. But one thing I want to challenge myself on within the next couple of months is building in a consistent daily rhythm between clients. Whether that's taking a sacred pause, stretching for a few minutes, or again using my Abide app. It's so easy to get sucked into responding to emails or phone calls without intentionally utilizing the time to decompress between sessions. So what about you? During what part of your day could you use a daily rhythm the most? And what would be something small that you could begin to implement? The third thing to implement is the Sabbath. Because the byproduct of keeping the Sabbath is a slowed-down, simplified, spiritually disciplined life. And you know, for me, I'd never thoughtfully kept the Sabbath before college, 
but I had a friend whose family had been very intentional about keeping the Sabbath growing up. And as I watched her life in college, the way she'd work through the week and get her homework done on Saturdays in order to rest and worship on Sundays, it was a bit as if I was watching a unicorn, right? Because I'd never seen someone be so intentional with that spiritual discipline, with that gift that's been built into our weeks by God. But she worked to create space, and as a result, she was able to worship more fully and wholeheartedly, and also to give her friends the gift of presence. It's a quality I really admired, and it was so helpful to see the fruit of that discipline, of keeping the Sabbath holy, to really grasp the importance of that fourth commandment in a more meaningful way than simply cognitively understanding that I should do so. So if you're interested in learning more and diving deeper into your own understanding of Sabbath rest, I've linked a few books in the show notes to give you a variety of ideas and perspectives. The fourth tool of sorts to implement is the phrase, let it go. This is essentially learning to implement the boundaries we've been talking about for weeks now. I was talking with a client about this recently, but it's really common for high-functioning people to try and manage their worlds more, not less, when they experience stress. It's counterintuitive to let things go, right? Because high-functioning people have learned to cope by managing, myself included. But when on their own or through therapy, people can learn to set boundaries with themselves and with others and not take on more than is theirs to carry or more than they can personally handle. They can learn to acknowledge their personal limitations rather than pretending that they're not there. And when they do that, what they find on the other side of overfunctioning is margin, freedom, happiness, and the reality check that they weren't actually the only one who was capable of holding everything together. So if you'll allow me, I want to challenge you to let something go this December. Okay, your action step is to implement at least one of these tools today and every day this week. Personally, I've been intentional since Advent to do a daily Advent reading and study that's been really restful and meaningful to me. So I hope you find something that works well for you and do the same. And today, I pray for rest, for relief and rejuvenation for you and your spouse as we near the end of the year, that the Lord would help us be anxious for nothing, but trust Him, that we would be able to rest in Him. And I pray for intentionality and mutual support of each other as you engage in these techniques so that neither of you suffers from stress, but instead you learn to lean on the Lord and to be there for one another through it. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Love is not about Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile